Hey folks, it's been a while. Uh, I have been enjoying a lot of time with my new baby girl, but I'm ready to get back into doing some podcasting. So we're going to take it away today with some more talk about standardized tests that might be required by PA programs. So listen up. You are listening to the non-traditional physician assistant podcast. PA school, it's important to think about the standardized tests. Many programs, uh, actually all programs that I know of, require some, some form of standardized test. And I think the main reason for that is just that it is one area where they can compare applicants side by side and get a clear answer on who has done better or who has performed better on those tests. Now, if you're a great test taker, uh, you might not mind this too much other than the expense and the time involved but if you're not a great test taker uh, these are a little bit difficult to work on and study for. Personally for my programs I did have to take two of these three exams and other programs encouraged the third one but every program is different so you really have to look at the requirements on their website as to what they really want for standardized testing. So the three standardized tests that are most often required by PA programs are the GRE, which is the Graduate Record Examination, the CASPER test, and the PA-CAT. The GRE is kind of a, a general test and it has been around for a long time. Although a lot of programs agree this might not be the best way to determine if an applicant is going to do well in PA school, again, like I mentioned before, it is a way to compare applicants side by side and see how they do. So the GRE consists of a qualitative section, which is reading comprehension, English, language, and vocabulary, things like that. And the other section is a quantitative section, which is math-based. And then the final section usually included in the GRE general test and that PA schools like to see is the writing section. So for the GRE, uh, for each section, you score a certain area. And typically they say that a combined score for the qualitative and the quantitative exams in order to get into PA school is uh, 300 or higher. Now, that doesn't mean that you cannot be accepted to other PA schools, but it's important, again, to look at what the programs that you're interested in require and what they say on their website. If they say they will not consider scores with applicants below 300, then obviously that might not be the best idea to apply there, or you might be throwing away your money. But a lot of times PA schools just want to see applicants score around the 50th Uh, percentile for each section. So for me personally, I am much more gifted in language arts. So my my qualitative section, I believe I received a 160, 
163. And for the quantitative section, I believe I received a 149. Uh, however, that the 149 was actually not 50th percentile at the time I took it. I think it was 48th or 49th percentile, but I was fine with that. Over time, it looks like it's gone down a little bit more to about 46th percentile. But again, you want to be close to the 50th percentile. I also, uh, as far as the writing section, that is scored out of six points total. A good score for that is four points or above, typically. And you can get it, you can get a score based on tenths, increments of tenths. So you can get a 4.3 or you can get a 4.5 or you can get a 5.0. I think typically they do stay with the 0.0 or 0.5 amounts, but not always. So uh, in total, like I said, again, uh, 300 is a good score for combined qualitative and quantitative sections, and then for writing section, four points or above is usually good. For how to study and prepare, I personally used Kaplan, which is a book. Uh, that was a few years back. I did take the test in 2019, but other people have recommended Magoosh, which I believe is online and also an app. There is also ETS is the company that actually puts out the GRE exam and they provide their own study materials and their own practice tests. And I think they had back when I took it, there were maybe two practice tests online for free through GR through the uh, ETS website. So that's a great resource for sure to see more like what you might do on the actual test. The total test length is about three hours and 45 minutes. And as for the cost for the GRE, it is, uh, from my, my looking up my brief research, about $205. Now the GRE test used to only be able to be taken at a testing center like Prometric or something like that. That's where I took mine. But now uh, because of COVID, they do allow you to take it online with a virtual proctoring system. I. I've heard mixed reviews about that and some people prefer to go in person. Just know that if you go in person, you are going to be in the same room as other test takers. And so they do, at least where I took it, they did supply big earphones uh, to kind of block out other sound, but I could still hear a little bit of other people's keys tapping and things like that. So. If you are going to be easily distracted, maybe taking it at home is a better bet. If you're very worried about the technology working out, then maybe doing it at the testing center is best. The second test I mentioned that a lot of programs are requiring is the CASPER test. So the CASPER test is a situational judgment test, which is supposed to assess your levels of social intelligence and your professionalism. It is actually often known as the, if you go to their website, it's Altus Suite. And the Altus Suite test includes the Casper test plus another additional optional test, which is the snapshot test. And I'll get a little bit more into detail about the difference between those. But for me, my, I think I had one program that wanted the Casper test and snapshot. And then I had some other schools that only cared about having the CASPER test done. 
so it's up to you. The snapshot is no additional cost, so it doesn't hurt to do it. But basically, since I'm talking about it, the Casper test is uh, comprised of a lot of situational videos that show a story or a scenario, and it's kind of a difficult situation, In so they want you to see how you respond in that scenario. What advice would you give your coworker, or what would you do if you were in this particular scenario, in this particular character situation? And so, um, the, the areas that it's actually testing for, um, you know, it's testing for empathy, compassion, there's a lot of different other areas that it's checking on uh, your moral judgment, uh, your honesty, humility, all kinds of things like that. You can actually find it on the website. If you look up Alta Suite or Casper Test, you will be able to find that. Uh, PA schools require it, and a lot of med schools as well require it. So, Basically half of the test, as I was starting to talk about, you get these scenarios throughout and all the scenarios are presented to you either as a text or as a, a video, a lot of times as a video, I believe. And so the first half of the test, from what I recall this last time around, uh, I had to type out my responses and I was given a certain amount of time to respond to, I think, three different questions. I think I had about five minutes to type three different answers to those questions. And then for the other half of the test, this year they started having candidates actually video record them their own responses. So that part is not typing, you're just responding verbally to the questions that are posed. And I think they present them one at a time and you're given about a minute to respond to each question, if I'm remembering correctly. So it's really important because the video is part of the test now that you dress professionally because even though they say that they don't want bias to play into it if you're not dressed the best or if you're in your pajamas or something inevitably it's not gonna reflect well on you if you don't look nice in the video so that's important to keep in mind as far as snapshot if you end up taking that that's basically like a mini interview where you're given a text with a question, and I didn't have to do this this year, so I'm just doing this based on uh, my memory right now, but I think it's similar in that you're answering an interview question and you have roughly a minute, a minute and a half, maybe two minutes to respond to that question. Again, you're on video for that, so you wanna dress professionally. And as far as the Casper test length, uh, the Casper itself, not including the snapshot portion, if you need to do that. Casper itself is about 100 to 120 minutes long. Uh, there's 90 minutes worth of questions, plus however much time you take for your breaks. There's, I think, about three different breaks that you can take throughout. And there is, a, in the beginning, there's also testing out your mic, testing out your video, your audio, uh, you know, making sure the connection is good and all that. For the Casper test, uh, you are able to take that. You are able to take that pretty much anywhere. You cannot take it at a test center, but you. I mean, they don't have any agreement with test centers to take it, but you need to make sure that it's quiet. I 
think the directions say that there can be no one in the background and obviously you have to record some responses. So again, you want really good privacy, your own little space where no one's gonna walk in on you. You're not gonna hear the dog barking in the background or children running into the room when you're taking the test, hopefully. Although that did happen to me at the end of my test, my son ran in, but I think I was just clicking on the end the exam button right when my son ran in. So luckily I was not disqualified for that. But yeah, it can be intense. It does take a little time, so make sure you plan ahead for that. Uh, as for the cost, I believe the upfront cost is, and don't quote me on this, it's always good to do your research, but I couldn't find the, the straightforward answer real quick earlier, but I think it's about 50 or $60 for the, the test itself. And then for each program you send it to, it's another $10, I believe. Or it might be $50 and then $10 for each program you send it to. And you can take the test and have uh, it sent to people or to programs after the fact as well if you decide to add on programs. That's fine. As for the PA CAT, that is the last exam that could be required. The PA CAT is, I never had to take this exam, so I'm, I'm speaking purely on what I've been able to dig up in a little bit of research, but it's specifically geared toward assessing students' scientific knowledge and academic preparedness for PA school. So it's testing areas like anatomy, physiology, general biology, biochemistry, general and organic chemistry, microbiology, behavioral sciences, genetics, and statistics. So those are the nine subject areas. and the test is comprised of 240 questions in those areas. When you purchase the test on the PACAT website, they allow you to also access study materials for free from that. And there's probably other websites as well now, but it's a pretty, pretty new test. So study materials are mainly available on the PACAT website as far as I can tell. The test itself is a, supposed to be about four and a half hours long, and the cost for it is $228. I believe for the GRE and for the PA CAT, there are waivers that you can fill out, just as a side note, in order to potentially not have to, if you're, if you're short on income or short on cash, you might be able to qualify for those fee waivers but uh, I'm not really sure how that works. I just saw a little bit of it advertised because it is steep paying. If you had to do the GRE and the PA CAT, I don't think there's many programs that require both, but if they did, the G that would be, you know, mid $400 that you're spending. So that that's a lot. It's not cheap. Uh, so anyway, I think the... The Casper test and the PA CAT, they're both newer. So if you don't do amazingly well on them, it's not the end of the world probably. At this point, they're still gathering research. I think they're figuring out more and more how effective it is, how useful it is, uh, more programs are requiring them. And I think the probably the trend down the line will be more to go away from the GRE and go towards the PA CAT because uh, speaking with an admissions director in the past uh, of, a, of a 
developing program, she was telling me that the GRE is really geared toward uh, a certain demographic. So, for example, people who've grown up in the U.S. in playing baseball would be able to answer questions related to baseball because they already know the rules, they already know that. But someone who moved here from India, for example, or someone who moved here from another country, uh, maybe after their childhood and they aren't familiar with baseball or they, they're not interested in baseball, they might have a harder time answering that same question just because they're from a different place. Also, language barriers can be an issue, and if a PA program really wants to be diverse and welcome people, applicants who come from different backgrounds where maybe English is not the first language spoken, but a second language, then it's not really the best exam that way either. So I think, as I mentioned, yeah, programs are, are going to move away more from the GRE and besides the fact that it hasn't been shown to be a great indicator of how people do in PA school. I don't really know a whole lot about the scoring for the PA CAT, but as far as the CASPER test goes, I can tell you that when you receive your score, your, your schools will receive the score first, and then I think about a week later, uh, the applicants receive their scores. I think it ends up being about three weeks after you take the test, depending on the how crazy it is at that time for test taking. But usually you receive a, a quartile score. So you can score in the 25th quartile, the 50th quartile, the 75th quartile. Um, and basically if you're in the 75th quartile, you scored better than the same as or better than 75% uh, of people who took the exam. 50th quartile, you scored better than 50% of the people who took the exam, so not bad. So, and so on and so forth. Um, and I've heard of applicants who did not score super well on the CASPER test and they got into P school. Similarly, I think the PA CAT at this point, you could probably not do, with, within reason, you could probably not do super amazing and still get into a program but they are going to be able to compare your score to other applicants. And so if there's a lot of applicants who do a lot better than you, they might kind of have some doubts about how you're gonna do in PA school, since that is the scientific academic aspect. And yeah, so I think that's kind of an overview of standardized tests. Again, I, I am not an expert on these things by any means, but I'm always happy to answer questions um, try to provide more resources for you guys and yeah just let you know what's what's going on and what what's required by PA schools what is part of the process to becoming a physician assistant uh, I will see you guys next time have a great day